TopplessRobot.com presents... Dude, Luke, the printer's still busted, man. What the fuck? Everybody. Welcome to episode oh. 82 of the Topless Robot Podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm Tyler. I'm Brooks. Daniel. And I'm with Kevin. us today is uh, <laughs> our uh, special guest, our first uh, quarantine guest, uh, Kevin Gibson, uh, lead singer of uh, Tubbering and one half of Super 8-Bit Brothers. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Kev. Uh, thanks for having me. It was great. You've got fun and games. That was a really good introduction. It It was like we haven't had one yet. (laughs) (laughs) First try. So uh, Kevin um, is a uh, big nerd like us, and I thought uh, who better to to have on the podcast um, with... uh, Which is why we've... Go We've ahead. hired an assassin who's on his way to your house right now to give you a swirly. <laughs> cool. Um, are you guys, guys going to swap me? <laughs> he's actually he's bringing his own locker with him to bring it into your house. You can do it. He's just going to shove books no. in your hands and then smack them out of them immediately. <laughs> oh, made the wrong choice coming on here, huh? <laughs> Or the right one. You should have. Or the right one. You should have known that before you got on. <laughs> so, um, Tubbering is a band that uh, has been around uh, for uh, quite a while. Uh, when did Tubbering form? Nineteen ninety-two. God damn! It's older than, yeah. it's older than me. No. <laughs> hey, nineteen ninety-two. I was alive when you your band started. Only for a year, but but you were alive. Yes. I was alive. I was ten. <laughs> we get it. You're old. Oh, yeah. I was three. Yeah, three. I am no longer yeah. the oldest person on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Greetings, yeah. ancient one. <laughs> Dispense upon us your wisdom. <laughs> we shall respect you since you are our elder. Yes, exactly. Um, Show some respect here, damn it. <laughs> and uh, in that time, uh, you guys uh, put out uh, a great deal of albums. Uh, one might say six. Uh, that's the easiest answer. That's, <laughs> one might I mean, say. That's a very specific <laughs> number to might say. <laughs> Technically, in between there, we put out a whole bunch of either B-sides or, I mean, I guess they were demos, but they were albums. And we had a lot, but six seems like a good way to just say six major releases and then other weird stuff in between. <laughs> and um, so uh, you guys, you and Rob are going to be doing uh, some live streams uh, coming yeah. up starting tomorrow, right? Yes. Uh, just like everyone, this is the great time to do uh, quarantine podcasts. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Quarantine casts. So Rob sent me a text the night previous, saying he had, had a few drinks in him. He's like, we should podcast, talk about our albums. 
went, okay. And I had a feeling the next morning he was going to send me another text saying, hey, forget it when he sobered up. But <laughs> the next morning he texts, so what should we do with the podcast? Like, oh, okay. So he <laughs> woke up the next day and said, like, why did I talk to you? That's <laughs> <laughs> what I was expecting. <laughs> Rob, Rob doesn't get the as drunk as... Rob doesn't get as drunk as I do because I know I get a little drunk. And, uh, <laughs> sounds like great ideas. And yeah. It sounds drunk like he's a casual and needs to commit a little harder to his alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> he's a drinker too. I've just unfortunately maybe been drinking a bit too much. So. <laughs> oh. Hey, I think that we're all oh, drinking a little bit too much. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, are we going to? What are we going to do in this fucking quarantine apocalypse? Yeah, other what than else? Drink? Well, now you understand why Wisconsin is known for drinking. Quarantine is just winter. <laughs> True. I mean, to be fair, we have quarantine here, too. To it's be fair. Summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, That's Phoenix summers get up to, like, 125. They do. My God. Yeah. It's, could not handle that. It is cursed. There are about three to six months a year, depending on how miserable I am, that I still only leave my house to go to work and otherwise I am sitting next to a fan and waiting for death. I, I can't take, I can take cold better than I can take heat. Me too. Uh, like when it gets super cold, I, I can layer or just hide it. But heat, I'm just sweating and uncomfortable and I'd Man, but those Midwest winters, dry heat. those Midwest <laughs> winters got real bad there. Like I, I was happy to get out of Wisconsin with, you know, and, and get away from the negative 75 with wind chill. Like you can certainly layer, but there's no amount of layers that can prepare you for negative 75. Sure. But then you just stay inside. 75. That's yeah. a, that's a thing. That is that's a thing. thing that's happened. Yep. Yeah. When it, like any exposed skin starts to burn when you leave the house. I mean, I'm used to that. It's, just, <laughs> it's a different kind <laughs> of the burn. opposite side of the spectrum. <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm from Chicago, so I'm used to that too. Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah, it's winter. That's I uh, winter this year. I have been in Chicago during February a few years. It uh, it can get pretty brutal, but I like it. Man, the fucking wind off the lake and in that city. There's a reason they call it the Windy City, and God. Yeah, dude. The but wind that rolls off that fucking lake will chill you. Everyone has gas, right? Oh. Do, do I have to play tour guide here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's right. go. We can't go on well, an actual vacation right now. It's a little Chicago insider. It is not called the Windy City because it's windy. Really? It is called, yes, it's called the Windy City because they used to have the Democratic National Convention there and there were many politicians and they were all throwing out hot air and wind and it became known as the Windy City because of that. Oh, wow. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in the in the Midwest and around Chicago. My mom used to work at Ernst and Young, you know, in Chicago. And I went to uh, Columbia College acting camp every you know uh, summer and, and shit in Chicago. <laughs> and uh, I never knew that. Well, there, I just dropped some knowledge on you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Tubbering was... I am not allowed to learn on this podcast <laughs> very much. So, um, <laughs> I go for about a year myself, but I don't Schools remember. are closed so, for the year, okay? Come on. <laughs> How dare you make us learn? Um, so Tubbering was kind of uh, a, I would say, an extremely influential band in the Midwest uh, kind of... We're heavy, but we don't necessarily fit anywhere genre. Um, you know, uh, among your uh, uh, 
people who you inspired, I think, and also kind of came up with uh, are bands like Idea Men and Downtown Brown and uh, Scream Mechanical Brain. And, you know, those guys in the Midwest who are like, we aren't really friendly to popular ears. And we're like, there's probably more than a little Mr. Bungle inspiration coming into, you know, a lot of those <laughs> those band circles as well. Uh, but Tubbering is the first um, in that kind of genre that I encountered uh, in the Midwest and really kind of led me down the paths to discover bands like Downtown Brown and Scream Mechanical Brain and and uh, stuff like that. So. I, I guess I was going to go with a question there, yeah. I think, but is really, that a I'm just saying. A statement? No, nah, just a statement, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I'm, just like, how, how do you bear that? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Downton Brown. <laughs> Downton Brown. Uh, it's great that you brought up those bands. Yeah, it became a little scene out there. They were all friends with us, and it was a great time to just be constantly touring and playing with all of them and other bands. Uh, yeah, there wasn't really questions, so I'm not yeah, really no, answering. Yeah, no, it was just, just like... Uh, <laughs> you named a bunch of good friends of ours. Yes, <laughs> nice. Ryan just likes to name drop to make himself sound a little Pretty bit... Pretty much, yeah, uh, that's, that's what it is. More intelligent. Um, you know, I mean, of those, like, Idea Man is probably one of my favorite bands ever. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just, like, it, it was, aside from the punk scene, uh, it was a scene of... Uh, you know, misfits doing really weird and cool shit that kind of became a home for me and my band Sparklefuck. You know, it was like <laughs> we didn't really fit in anywhere. And we, you know, started playing shows with Downtown Brown and, you know, played with Polka Dot Cadaver. And, and these bands are doing just kind of weird shit. And it just kind of felt home. It, oh, it helped. weird shit. Mm. <laughs> I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> It helped and it hurt being weird and not necessarily fitting in because then our labels or managers just didn't know what to do with us. Like, mm -hmm. it's a great album. We don't know who to put you on tour with. or So, and we, our answer is anyone will put us with someone we don't fit at all. Just put us in front of people and that'll be fine. But it definitely, uh, it helped in a way too that you get the fans of kind of the, the weirder music there uh, obsessive about it so we'd get people following us to shows all the time and still uh, into us and, and that's great and so you, you give up the maybe a mass audience to get a more dedicated audience yeah and i do you have a preference between the two? Oh, i want to be rich and famous and not be a <laughs> i don't gotta say <laughs> I don't know, man. You, you guys got got pretty big there. You were in a video game. We were in a video game. What uh, video game were you in? Uh, Ant Three, oh. uh, <laughs> the snowboarder game. And we got a song on that. I think we had something in something else, but I don't remember. But yeah, that Ant game was. <laughs> so so yeah, it, it's it's kind of funny. I just have to put this out there. Uh, this was just before Ryan told us that you were going to be on the podcast. And I know that Ryan has told me about Tubbering before, but I ignore mm -hmm. him like most of the time. Uh, <laughs> but I was just like, I, I take nightly walks and I just kind of walk and put my uh, Spotify on Discover and you guys popped on. 
And uh, I just like sat there and delved through your entire discography on a walk wow. through the other, like literally last week. <laughs> and then well, Ryan's like, dude, I fucking loved it. It was fantastic. And I'm, I'm like, this is amazing. And I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, I think Ryan said something about them. I just <laughs> everything else that he says. But I was, and then he's like, oh, hey, Kevin's going to be on the podcast. I'm like, hey, I'm prepared. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. You, I, lo- I do love your music. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So uh, almost a year ago, you moved out, you relocated from uh, Chicago to uh, L.A., and Correct. now, I guess, what, probably a month of that uh, or a little over a month of that has been spent in quarantine. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> how, uh, how, first off, uh, how has the move been from uh, the Midwest out to the West Coast? And uh, secondly, how's your quarantine been? Uh, well, I'll start on the first question. I like L.A. It's home now. The weather's wonderful. If I'm being honest, I still kind of prefer Chicago as a city. I like cities. I like buildings and feeling like that. And downtown LA leaves something to be desired. It's nothing like Chicago or New York. That um, is definitely true. Yeah. You would hate you would hate Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I miss the city. Um a lot of people say the people in LA are terrible. I'll I'll go the opposite on that. Everyone I've met, even industry people, people networking, everything, super nice. Uh, not really much arrogance. I, I've as I've said, networking is just making friends. So that's cool. I I think that's wrong when people say the people all suck out here because people are fake and stupid everywhere. Yeah. Um. That's not an LA thing now. exclusive. <laughs> yeah. That's a humanity thing. (laughs) (laughs) But LA is home now and I'm liking it more and more, which leads to two, the quarantine. Uh, My wife and I have discussed this. We're very blessed that we moved out here right before this happened because we are across the street from our best friends and we have like a group that we can still, I don't know if we should say that we see each other. We haven't in a couple of weeks, but during the first in the quarantine, it was nice that I still had friends that I could see that if one of us, you know, out of the five of us had quarantined COVID, then we all did. But uh, we've still taken some time off, so I don't know if we'll see each other again. We've been doing Zoom chats with all of our friends at night. Uh, and the weather's nice, so like you said, you can walk. Unlike if I was in Chicago right now, it would be quarantine plus cold. Yeah. So in a weird way, I'm very, not in a weird way, I'm very lucky that I got out here right before this happened and quarantines made me like L.A. more. That's in the weird way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, in the times well, that I've I, been I, out to put this down as, and for the record, quarantines make LA better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I think that's it. <laughs> um, for the record. Quarantines make LA better. <laughs> I had never been out to LA until I moved out to Arizona. Uh, and it's like after driving from Wisconsin to Arizona in one drive, a six hour drive from Arizona to LA doesn't seem like that much. Like I remember driving from Wisconsin to Tennessee and it felt like a fucking trek, but that was like a seven hour drive. Now, like after spending, I think 28 hours on the road from Wisconsin to Arizona in one stretch, a six hour drive to, to LA is, and I have foolishly tried to do it uh, uh, there and back in one day. Uh, for yeah, an event. And even then, that, that was a bad idea. But, yeah. When you, you how long ago did you move? Uh, 2015. 
Okay. When you moved, did you do that all in one shot? How yeah, long did I, it well, take you to take everything? So I got rid of everything that didn't fit my car. Like I was at a point in oh, Wisconsin so where um, I just didn't have work. Uh, I didn't have a lot of opportunities. The things that I was doing were fulfilling, but not paying me. So like, I love setting up shows. I love playing shows. I love hosting things. I was like, I was hosting karaoke at a kink club. I was playing shows with sparkle fuck and made of blocks. And, uh, I was, uh, booking shows and, and I love doing all of that. But it's not exactly something that's super sustainable, especially considering like with punk gigs, like I'm setting up punk shows. I want to make sure that the punks, you know, the people who are on tour, all these DIY kids are are making money. And so I never took any money from booking shows. I always, you know, made sure that like the touring band got as much money as humanly possible so they could get to the next city because uh, no one's willing to pay more than five bucks for a show. Uh, unless Ryan, it's are you some trying big, to tell you know, us that there's no money in the music industry? <laughs> what? What? I've surprise, never surprise. No. I'm sure there are ways, but they involve taking money from people who are actually doing the bulk of the work. And, and they also involve uh, tossing your own soul in the garbage. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, they, they involve being a garbage human being, which I'm not willing to do in order to make money. <laughs> Uh, I like the, what I got out of that was incredible friendships and awesome shows. And that's the stuff that mattered to me. And so it was worth it. And I fortunately, you know, got to continue doing that immediately when I moved out here. I nice. you know, connected with the right people and uh, started booking shows uh, pretty much right away. Like the first I moved out here knowing no one except for one person in uh, May of 2015. And the first show that I booked out here uh, was at Yucca Tap Room in October of 2015. So like I I jumped, I got right on it. Yeah, right into it. Um, And it's it's just so fulfilling and it's it's fun. But yeah, so like things were kind of winding down in in Madison for me. And so uh, I uh, just got rid of everything that didn't fit in my car. I, I put the important shit in my car and drove. Wow. And originally the plan was to, uh, this was going to be the first stop. And because I'd been booking shows in Madison for so long, I've got friends all around the country. And the goal was to stop at these different points and then settle wherever like, Hey, this looks like a cool scene. I really like this place, you know, whatever came out here to visit my buddy modem. Um, who uh, I've been a huge fan of his music forever. Actually, Kevin, at some point, I think I did share some of his music with you uh, because you were you've been on a big electronic kick, and uh, he does uh, like electronic industrial. That's really like really cool atmospheric uh, electronic industrial. And he and I had become internet friends uh, where we collaborated and and played. Uh, he asked me to uh, play some bass on his latest album and and stuff like that. Uh, but we had never met in person and he like demanded that he be the first person I visit. And I came out here, uh, had a lot of fun and ran out of money and just stayed and ended up getting a job. Nice. So, yeah. It's a, it's a good story with a nice ending. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and now I own a house for history. some fucking reason. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's uh, here we are five years later and uh, it's. I don't know. Life is fucking rad, even in quarantine. <laughs> See, is it a happy ending? You know us. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
And honestly, we know you. <laughs> you I are think welcome. that's that's the that <laughs> might be the saddest part of this entire uh, entire odyssey that you <laughs> took part in. So, um, it, probably what two years ago, uh, Tubring did a Kickstarter for a new yes. album um, yes. called "A Choice of Catastrophes." And um, I, do, do not choose this catastrophe, by the way. <laughs> this is this is not the one I would really? have chosen. I would have chosen yes. zombies. Okay, I would have chosen Honestly, zombies of catastrophes. catastrophes. Yeah, yeah. This I'm, one's kind of okay. I'm pretty okay with this one. Versus <laughs> considering the the choices, uh, this is not the worst catastrophe we could have had. Uh, it's, it's definitely pretty bad. Like, I don't want to downplay the amount of people who are legitimately like seriously impacted by this and, and, uh, and things like that. But, um, a pandemic, uh, while a catastrophe is not, I don't know it, things could be worse. Things yeah, could definitely no, be worse. I'm, I'm glad you threw out that little exclaimer. I feel bad now. You're right. <laughs> So, I'm sorry. Yeah. I actually <laughs> value human life. I'm like, oh, right. I'm sorry. Well, I'm things, sorry. things could be worse like they are for uh, the uh, Midwest and Southern uh, East side of the country states right now who are under tornado warnings. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not fair. Don't go outside. But also, go outside. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Don't go outside in a tornado. You go in your basement. I know, Arizona, oh, okay. you're probably going, what's a basement? I don't know how that works. I was super confused. I've never heard anyone even jump to the conclusion of, hey, during a tornado, the safest place to be is outside. <laughs> I mean, I feel like being... Yeah, that seems like the worst place to be. We've all seen The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, the house dropped on someone's head. I'm just saying. <laughs> you, either, you either go in your basement, and if you don't have a basement, I guess you hide in your bathtub. Like, those yeah, are your choices. pretty much. Yeah, you climb to the tallest tree possible. And so, yeah, yeah. Spoiler: Your uh, Kickstarter was a big success, uh, and uh, we did get a new Tubring album after uh, what, probably six, seven years, I think. Seven since, years, yeah. Yeah, um, and I, I was a backer. I got uh, also polyvinyl chloride. Very happy with that. Uh, which was a best of collection uh, that, uh, if I remember correctly, everyone kind of got to vote on what you guys included on polyvinyl chloride, right? Correct. I just want to point out really quick that polyvinyl chloride sounds like what Trump's trying to make us all take for the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. Polyvinyl chloride works well for the coronavirus. Well, I have an abundance of two discs of polyvinyl chloride. That if anyone gets infected, we got it. I got to say, maybe... Maybe it's not that clever, but I was surprised no one's named their album Polyvinyl Chloride mm -hmm. before. Until today. <laughs> I guess it only has to be on vinyl to work, but it seemed like such an obvious. Yeah, uh, right. Polyband Camp Chloride. <laughs> but, but that is right. There's, there's so many people who like could have thought to do that, but they probably weren't going to get in vinyl. So that's that was enough yeah. of a deterrent for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we get it, Kevin. You're clever. <laughs> oh. Um, so with uh, 
the success of that Kickstarter. And I'm sure you probably still, even from uh, you guys announcing uh, last week, the live streams coming up this week, uh, the amount of fan support that you still have today. Uh, has it uh, lit a fire under your ass, uh, you and Rob? Has it uh, gotten you guys wanting to, to do more tubbering? I know Rob's been like busy with like industry things since he moved out to LA and whatnot. But, uh, is there any yeah. uh, desire left to do that or? Like I said, it seems odd that we kind of came up with this idea out of nowhere. Cause we don't have anything else really to promote. It's not like we're going to throw at the end, like, plus we have this new album surprise. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does it light a fire under our ass. The fact that we're doing this is kind of the answer there where, you know, baby steps, um, me and Rob see each other almost daily, not right now. So I would assume it, it's, I, I've discussed things in public and now on webcams more than I've actually discussed it with <laughs> Rob. But yeah, we, we've talked about it. I will definitely do another Tubbering album. We have a full band now. We have great musicians that are at our disposal. Uh, Jason's back in the band, our bass player, Patrick's our guitarist. He's amazing. We have two drummers. Both of them are great and uh, multi-instrumentalists, so they'll write songs too. We have Mike and Sean. When are you going to make one of them kill each other for dominance? (laughs) (laughs) No, I won't kill him. (laughs) At first, I I was wondering if either of them would feel... Mike's been in the band forever, and Sean was our last drummer before we stopped touring. So they both deserve being in it and everything. And, and I wondered if that would seem weird to them, but those two work together so well. Like it's great having them both in. And they're, like I said, they both are multi instruments that they can do lots of things. And So uh, the bigger worry is, isn't that they're going to have to kill each other for dominance. It's that their bond is so strong. They might yes. kill all of you for dominance. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying Ryan has two thrones in his, so if you need a throne to sit upon high and drink a goblet of wine while they fight to the death, while they fight to the death, got you. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's a great idea for uh, if uh, Tubbering ever uh, decides to come out to uh, uh, the Phoenix, Arizona area. That's a great idea for a show at the Grid. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Have, have you gotcha. And, and Rob sitting in uh, thrones on the uh, on the stage while. Uh, <laughs> If we get together as a band, put out another album, decide to go tour, and make it out there, then yeah. <laughs> That's if a all of these very likely circumstances come together. <laughs> so next week, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's bad social distancing, Brooks. <laughs> I think another part of it, too, is that if we do decide to write, we've gotten good now that we can do it fast our last album Trace of catastrophes which very i'm very happy with how it turned out and we didn't like half-ass it or anything but we finished the whole thing writing the songs recording it then lyrics in probably a month or two a month and a half oh so so like we we got together with all the musicians the band uh spent a week in the studio uh, writing, we didn't even have anything. Was it like we had an album of songs to go in? We just went in. People maybe had demos or something. Wrote it all in that week. I took it home, uh, worked with it for about a month or so, and then flew back. I was still living in Chicago. Flew back to LA, recorded it. 
it's it was a great experience. So that's why if we decide when we decide to pull the trigger again, that it hopefully it'll be easy and enjoyable like that. Hell yeah, dude. Um, the, uh, one of the Kickstarter backer levels was to buy a cover. Uh, when, when you do something like that, how does that complicate that process? Because one of those covers was, uh, uh, I would see as kind of challenging from a, from a singer's perspective, the, uh, God, well, actually I know what you're going to say. Christian Cole and Einstein two is all. Yes. So we did we did the covers. I'm assuming this will come podcast, but we can double things. Uh, so yeah, I, I've read uh, comments on some of our things where people ask, "Why did you do this cover? You guys big ghost fans or something?" But yeah, our Kickstarter had pay a certain amount of money and we'll do whatever cover you want. Uh, one was "Remember the Time" by Michael Jackson, which <laughs> song. We, we did a slower, creepy version of that uh then uh another friend chris williams he bought the other cover song and he wrote us a message forget what the other band was but he's like all right i'm still trying to figure out what cover i'm either going to give you like opeth or some death metal <laughs> band or ghost and i just saw the email and thought to myself and i didn't i don't listen to ghost i i, I listen to everything i'll check it out but uh sure. Uh, the only ghost song I'd ever heard because they were getting big, so I check out every band that's going so I could see if they're good or not. Was Secular Haze, and we oh got that's a good song. So when I read his email. I was like thinking, oh, I hope he picks Ghost and I hope he picks that Secular Haze song, and then he did. And so that worked <laughs> out. but that is actually the only Ghost song I know. I'm not a, I, I, for, but it's a good song. So yeah, nothing for or against Ghost. We're not big ghost fans. We're not necessarily big Michael Jackson fans. We were yeah. paying good money to do it. I was glad. We, I was happy with both of the choices. There, it, it, like certain things. I like if he did a. I almost didn't want like a pop song because we didn't done that too much, and maybe we did it again. But I was hoping. I, I was happy with the choices. Sure. The third choice, Prison Call and Einstein Tuzal. It's actually not picked by anyone. Oh. That was another. That was. Uh, I've known about that song for a long time. I've always wanted to cover it for years. I think if you look at my Facebook back in early 2000s, I would say, no, it's a great song. I want to cover it. But we <laughs> never did. And then one night, uh, Fargo, the series, uh, aired, and they used that song in a casino scene. And Rob loves Fargo. His favorite song. I love it, too. But uh, he saw that, and he sent me a text right away. He's like, oh, that song, Prison Cole, and, and, and Fargo was so good. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that song. Wanna, and that, it seemed like my chance. <laughs> Want to try covering it? So we did. And I, I had kind of already known the chorus because I've known the song, but the verses, I just sat down with a notebook and tried to listen to it phonetically each time and write down each syllable I'd heard until I did that. And I, I knew some of the syllables wouldn't necessarily be right because there were some weird tones, but I figured I would put... Uh, kind of an English, American English inflection to it. And the whole song's supposed to sound like American English anyway. So mm-hmm. kind of figured that would work if they had a weird Italian trying to sound American syllable, but I just Americanized it more or made it more English. And that's how that came about. It came out real well, uh, but it definitely looked, it, it, it sounded like a real vocal challenge. 
Eh, not that much. Really? I, I'd love to take yeah, I'd love to take credit, but just a day or two of writing down writing down all the syllables and then when we went to record it, take the notebook and read Thing. I already known the melody and how sure. it went. So, so honestly, so, yeah, like, no, no. It, it's, no, I actually, imagine, you, you can see how I might think that that was one that was bought because it's kind of like a yeah. yeah I'm going to trip that up. Yeah, <laughs> I would have appreciated that if somebody did that to us. But no, that was more of us trying to take on the challenge. And yeah, I'll make it sound harder than it was. It was tough man. <laughs> hours, hours working on that. So I had if, to go to a vocal coach and feel <laughs> yes. find the feeling. <laughs> Gotta get down into my core. <laughs> so if you guys had to pick a cover for them to do, what would you pick? A cover for who to do? Uh, for uh, for y'all, I'm uh, I'm more oh, more so addressing you're talking uh, to me. Tyler. Oh no no no! Yeah, like you know, uh, what would you pick? Well, uh. They've done at least one of the obvious ones. Uh, still alive. Uh, oh, but okay. I guess you did that. Did you? You did that, that Super, at Super Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Honestly, I'd kind of love to hear you tackle a bungle song. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. There you go, Ryan. Have your answer. <laughs> Albuquerque by Weird Al. <laughs> That's a good one. You know what I want to do by Weird Al? You know uh, what I want to do by Weird Al? Hardware store. Oh, man. Yes! Oh, man. Such I, a good song. I wanted to cover. Um, I want to hear you do that, the really fast the, part. Exactly. Yeah, I want to yeah. hear you do it. <laughs> I, I, I really wanted to cover with the Ganders. Um, Oh, we we did uh, we did the night sand went crazy, but I really wanted to do as a follow up the follow up for for Halloween was um, shit. I just <laughs> brain fart. It's on uh, in three D. You obviously uh, really wanted uh, Nature Trail to Hell. Nature Trail to Hell. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to cover that. Nature Trail to Hell. I love yes. uh, that I'm a Weird, Weird Al, Al fan. <laughs> I love that Weird Al has already come out and said my Corona is not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, probably great. a good choice. Honestly. Probably. It doesn't matter anyway. It was it's already been done by a bunch of other people. So yeah. like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's already love, tired. Like just let it let it go. I love how creative some of the uh, quarantine like uh, covers have been. Uh, my buddy uh, Dan Precision uh, in Chicago from uh, uh, he was one of the founding members of Rise Against. He's in um, Eighty Eight Fingers Louie. He did uh, quarantine in the style of heart, like quarantine. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, in in the style, call me. Um, and then um, in this, wait, in the style of heart. Blondie, did you sorry. say heart? Sorry. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? I, I, was I don't like, remember heart. No, my brain. Like my brain. <laughs> my brain doesn't always work right. Um, <laughs> I hear powerful uh, female vocals, and I think heart for some reason. Um, the, I mean, it's a fair thing to think of. but <laughs> uh, And then my buddy uh, Ty, who we've had on the podcast before, uh, did uh, uh, Quarantine uh, to the Darkness. Or, that one was great. Yeah. Um, and, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, and some friends of mine in Infinite Signal uh, got a lot of press over uh blink 182 cover 
uh, wash my hands again instead of what's my age again. <laughs> I saw one online that had a got a good uh, viral following. It was a girl doing karaoke, and I guess if she was doing karaoke, it was before the actual quarantine started, or maybe she, I don't know. She's doing karaoke, and she was doing "Torn" by Natalie Imbruglia, and she put her own lyrics to it, and they were about quarantine or about COVID going around and singing it. And it's funny, but she's got a little crowd there listening to her. And when the chorus comes and she's got her own lyrics to the chorus, there's a girl in the back. And I think it's by the person taping that's singing out loud, really loud, the actual chorus. (laughs) People like that in a crowd is like, do you think now's the time? Like everyone's listening to her funny lyrics. You got to try to overpower her (laughs) with the real lyric. Yeah. I think that's, it's a good personality trait for a person to also know how to be a good audience. Yes. I mean, you appreciate that. I, I don't know. It bugged me. And it still bugs me, apparently. Since <laughs> I could be rage. I, and, um, <laughs> it's I just, I want like, to be like next. The prox- I want to be next to the girl. The proximity <laughs> to the camera thing. <laughs> like she could have been <laughs> thinking that she was being quiet, but not realizing that she's next to someone who's filming. Cause I know that I have to catch myself when I'm filming like something that I really love to not sing along because no yeah. matter what the fuck I do, it's going because of the proximity of the microphone, it's going to come out. No one wants to hear me sing. They're as excited to, you know, like I'm excited to catch this. I don't even want to catch me singing this song, but I can't help myself because I'm also really excited about the song. Sure. I don't mind so much in like a bootleg. Someone does at a concert because everyone's just having fun. So if you hear a person singing along too, and I almost, you're just watching a video anyway. It almost adds the excitement a little more, I think. Yeah, but in in the case of a karaoke, like with custom lyrics sort of thing, don't fucking sing along. Don't do that. (laughs) You don't know. One of my most embarrassing moments at a concert, I I was at a Halloween concert and nice. I, I'm just, I fucking love Halloween, and I, I know all the lyrics to every song. Nice. So I'm just fucking singing along, and then I'm with my buddy, and afterwards he's like, "Dude, you gotta sing quieter." <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. No. I, I, dis- I, I couldn't even hear myself. <laughs> I disagree with your buddy. Even though I, I made the thing like concert, go crazy, sing along, enjoy yourself. Yeah, there's no rules. I mean, sometimes there is that guy, though, that's just... Like, I was that guy. Fuck up. I was... I, I'm a loud person. I, I would argue that the only time that that guy is, exists is when that guy is off key. Well, it's like... So, I saw the... I saw the Flaming Lips for free for some reason a little while ago. I can't remember why. Um... But I swear to God, there were like five guys, and they were all like six three, six four, that just like congregated like right in front of me, like just spread so. So all I see is like three of their four bald heads, and then an awkward baseball cap, and then they're all like like just moving around. And one of the guys was just fucking trash, and he was singing along, but he was like not in time, so it really pissed me off, and. I can't, I'm just trying to see this because it's like, I, I made it all the way out here for free and, you know, I shouldn't complain, but I'm going to and I couldn't escape them. Mm. <laughs> well, well, welcome to every power metal show ever. If you go to any fucking power metal show, everyone's seven feet tall <laughs> and you can't avoid them and they all, everyone's singing so fucking loud. 
It's well, nice because everyone loves it, but at the same time, you can never see the fucking sage if you don't get up. <laughs> right, I, I'm a, right I'm a short it. dude, so I'm always behind someone taller, than me, and it's not their fault. I'm just I short. Feel that. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's I the average. How dare they slight me with their beam? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and honestly, that's what I have to tell myself about things like you're talking about too. If they're just having fun, even if it's annoying to you, as long as they're not doing anything wrong, kipping mad at someone for having right. fun. Yeah. There, um, so, <laughs> I, I saw, we, we've got a big butt coming. <laughs> I saw a System of a Down uh, recently with uh, hey! uh, High five. We were there. both there. Okay. Um, I saw Symphony Down with System of a Down with uh, Skeleton Witch and um, at the drive-in. And uh, the dude in front of me uh, during the at the drive in stuff, uh, because obviously they're very political and they were talking about uh, legal immigrants and, you know, uh, things like that and and making statements. But the dude in front of me was so douche core that like he's like like booing them and and shit like that. And then System of a Down comes on and he's like doing the like. 90s Fred Durst moves in front of me and I'm just like I it's <laughs> just stop I just want to point out again as I did that night two years ago One yeah year something ago? like that two years ago yeah they share the same politics <laughs> yeah 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 exactly <laughs> Yeah, System of Down like, and at the drive-in share share the same politics, and this guy is booing and flipping off uh, at the drive-in and uh, doing his his douche hip hop moves uh, uh, during System of Down. <laughs> well, the the yeah. booing and the booing and flipping people off—that's not having fun at shows. So I don't can, know. You can judge him on that. He might be enjoying himself doing You're, that. You're absolutely there right. are a lot You're of people who find right. a lot of happiness in their rage, and if you actually take their rage away, they're unhappy people. You're right. You're absolutely right. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, the fun police are coming. <laughs> so uh there, there there was one other thing I wanted to bring up real quick when we were talking about like uh clever stuff being done on quarantine with song cover music videos. Um, so before this all even like started and was hitting the news, Cattle Decapitation put out a new album, and there's a song called Bring Back the Plague on it. <laughs> um, yeah. So the moment this all hit, they decided, like, well, fuck it, we're going to film a music video for it all from our homes. Like, they just used their mobile phones to film, like, footage of the band members That's watching the news great. and, like, like, hugging packages of toilet paper and crying. <laughs> <laughs> That's... That's awesome. I didn't know that exists. I'm going to check that yeah. out. Yeah, it's really That's good. And, and it's uh, Castle Decap, so that makes it a little better. <laughs> yeah, dude. And a bunch of people went to, when the music video came out, were in comments, hey, guys, uh, this was a little too prophetic. Can your next songs be like, I just won the lottery and everything's going to be okay? <laughs> Trump's not going to be reelected. Can that be your next song? <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to have a nice Easter, Tyler. Don't even, don't even say that. Oh, shit. That's right. It's Easter. It Happy Easter. Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. 
Jesus, Dan. Happy Easter, oh, happy Passover, all those things Christ that I don't Lord think any of us celebrate. Jesus Christ Superstar, uh, the one with Tim Minchin, is now free on YouTube. So oh, if that's you want right. To- and Brooks, you walked away from that life. You can't sing those songs anymore. <laughs> I can do what I want, Dan. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I feel like uh, we should touch on uh, news items that happened over the past uh, week, uh, game releases and things, because uh, we we haven't talked about those yet. Uh, obviously, Some video games came out and people bought them. <laughs> the big one being Final Fantasy VII Remake on Friday. Uh, and, uh, I got my first class edition. Bye, Dan. Yeah, right. Dan disappeared. <laughs> Where's Dan going? <laughs> Apparently Dan doesn't want to be a part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm having a hardware issue. I'm fixing you. <laughs> Nobody so, look. Uh, arguably the most anticipated game of... Fuck, dude, like the past 20 years finally mm-hmm. came out on Friday. Mm-hmm. No, Sonic, oh, Sonic yeah, Forces came out again. I'm going to disagree with that statement. Okay. Most anticipated game of the last 20 years. There's an it? obvious answer to that one. Half-Life 3, baby. Right, but you can't anticipate a game that's and never going Half-Life to come Alex out. Half-Life Alex just came out. So. Right, Half-Life yeah. Alex came out. Half-Life 3 is never going to come out. It's not going to happen. Gabe Newell has even come out like publicly and said, why would we release it? Look at the way that the fans respond to things. We, Thank you, Even Ryan. if we meet expectations, we will never meet expectations. Yeah, that's the game. I, I, I forever. I I don't think any Half Life fans need to be reminded of the fact that they're in denial. We already know, so it's okay. Yeah, like don't point out our madness. <laughs> we sleep with it every night. So was it? It's about two years ago where the one of the developers came out and he released the story. Yes, the script. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was mm-hmm. to uh, the uh, episode third three. episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah, three, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Half-Life 2, the third episode. Yeah. Um, I would love to see... Actually, and I, to be fair, I have heard that Half-Life Alex is one of the most amazing VR experiences you can have, period. I really want to play it. So do I. I've heard good things. Yeah. Um, but I want so, to get a I'm Valve sorry. Index for that. I, I totally interrupted your Final Fantasy VII. Which is good. <laughs> Interrupt Ryan whenever you can. <laughs> Pretty much how it should go. This you've 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 become part of the top. I am. I figured out how this. <laughs> yeah. You crack the code. I am. I am. You the, are now seeing the Matrix. <laughs> I, I am the the despot of of the podcast. Uh, it is uh, everyone's prerogative to uh, interrupt me and cut me off as I try. Silence, brand. <laughs> <laughs> As I try desperately to keep us on some sort of organized path um, and fail miserably every single week. Uh, but the 20, uh, 20 years, though. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know about 20 years. Maybe like five. I, I would argue 20 years. I, it's, you know, it's been something that uh, with every single uh, new PlayStation uh, generation, people have asked for 
a remake of Final Fantasy VII. It's it's something that I, like I can remember people asking for this for a very very long time. Um, and no, twenty wasn't, considering it came out twenty three years ago, twenty years is a bit of a stretch. But wasn't there a demo for PlayStation Three? Even there Just was. Yes, it was a tech demo when they were showing off yeah. the hardware. They showed off the like Midgar intro, the the swoop in, if I remember correctly, yeah. and it got people mm-hmm. fucking. Yeah crazy and it didn't happen uh and now here we are 23 years after the original release of final fantasy 7 we finally got our remake and uh after sinking about 20 hours into it so far uh i can say i can't say this objectively because i have heavy nostalgia nostalgia goggles I, I'm I have a tattoo of cloud on my body. I, I literally can't speak objectively on the topic. Um, can I? Can I? Can I? Can I? Because I've never actually finished the first uh, really? Final Fantasy VII. Okay, I go never for did. it. Holy fuck! It's amazing. Whole, yeah. I, like I haven't been this engrossed in a game in so long, and I'm just like every like step that I take, I am loving it. This the 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 voice acting is brilliant. Uh, we we got Badger from fucking Breaking Bad, <laughs> Breaking <yeah>. Bad. <laughs> as Biggs, but the, the just the as the way they've changed no Biggs. Biggs is the dude with the Biggs is the solid snake looking one. Oh, sorry. See, I don't know this. I don't know this game. This is <laughs> more poignant from me. <laughs> it's incredible. The fighting system is amazing. The way they've changed. Like, I've played a little bit of Final, the original Final Fantasy VII, but, like, it's just so good. It's so much fun. It feels so smooth the entire way. I have... I started downloading at 3 o'clock yesterday, and then as soon as it was, I was able to play it, I started to. And then it's like I got basically through the demo and I was legitimately depressed. <laughs> yeah, like, it's I had to wait till today to play it. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's uh, I didn't know how I would feel about the combat. The combat looked like it really resembled uh, what they did in Crisis Core. Um, and it seems to be kind of a mix of that action RPG uh, Crisis Core plus uh, Final Fantasy 15 like that, that kind of thing. Uh, and it works out really well. It takes some getting used to, especially as a fan of the, of the original, uh, being used to the turn based and, and things like that. Uh, I don't fully, I don't know the, the, the ATB being an active meter that allows you to spend, um, makes it difficult for exclusively like your damage magic casters and things like that, because, they have to either wait to cast or they have to do physical damage in order to build up that meter before they can do what you've spec them for. Um, but aside from like, that's a minor complaint compared to how like incre- it's, it, they couldn't fuck this up. If they fuck this up, it would be the end of square. Like absolutely. It's, it's such a highly anticipated game. It would have absolutely decimated that company if this did not go well and i'm happy to say it went well so far it has gone well and this is just the first of many in final fantasy 7 where because we're only going to the end of midgar which is 
a fraction of the original game and i'm 20 hours in and just finished honeybee manor so yeah Jesus. And then 15 years from now, when chapter two comes out, <laughs> you'll be able to play that. <laughs> oh, boy. But I, I have to show off. Uh, uh, the uh, Oh, the headphones Ooh. are coming off. The headphones are coming off. Now we can talk shit. God. <laughs> that dude. Who does hair here, Blue? <laughs> the first class edition. Nice. Comes with a figure. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. This thing is the size of my cat. <laughs> I did not know what I expected. Uh, like, I, so I pre-ordered the first class edition, which uh, is comes with Cloud on the Hardy Daytona, and uh, this is just large, like much bigger than than I was thinking it was going to be, and it is a very very beautiful figure. And it's quality. Yeah. Does it say does it say phrases? No. no. Yeah. Could you imagine? Like it's just gonna be Cloud going, whatever. (laughs) That'd be great. But it's in like there's like seven different inflections of that. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Um, what else has happened over the past week that is newsworthy? Let me let me, let me just jump in real quick with a, an, an addendum a, okay. uh, of what you're saying. It seems weird the the difference between gamer, not that gamers and movie goers aren't the same or anything, but how excited and how happy you are about a remake of a video game that you thought was a classic. You were excited when you heard that you wanted them to remake it, and then you love it. Unlike maybe the movie scene where you take a yeah. classic from 20 years ago, it's like, hey, they're remaking it. Fuck that. Yeah, I've actually never thought about that. But yeah, nor true, have I. Like, that, that is, I never thought about that in that I way. I think I can answer my own observation too there. Video games, I think, are, are the one kind of medium art, and there's obviously classics, but as technology grows, they're just going to get better no matter what. Take like a shitty game now and give it to somebody 20 years ago and they might think it's the most amazing thing ever because they sure. haven't done all that. So when you want to reboot or remake a game, you figure the story's good. Can you imagine it with today's graphics and today's working systems? So maybe I, that's I don't the know. I, would I feel like if we sent Anthem back 20 years, people <laughs> would still think it sucks. <laughs> well, no, they won't be able to play it because even if we send them back with one of our players, Four is still going to blow up. So. Yeah. <laughs> I would argue. And actually, my theory is wrong. I realized it as I was saying it because nowadays you could do great special effects. Hey, I, use I, I, I still get I, I get kind of uh, hesitant towards remakes that come out uh, as far as movies go. I hate them. <laughs> well, and, and I would argue that that is due to uh, the performance of the actors. And we think of the performance of the actors themselves at the time. So, like, while there are similar technological advancements in uh, each field as time goes on, because we're relying on computers for both in order to generate anything. And uh, uh, but what it comes down to is the performances. And inevitably, uh, when uh, something gets remade in a film 
you know, spec or, or whatever, you're going to have completely different actors and you're probably going to have significant changes to the script. Um, and different directors as well. Right. So all of the creative people involved in making the original film great are not involved. It's more the studio trying to make money off of it. Whereas Square, we've got Nobuo Matsu still doing uh, the music for uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake. You know, we you get all of the creative leads uh, who are involved in the original uh involved in this as well and then beyond that there was no voice acting in the original final fantasy 7 so there's no real uh voice direction to get butthurt over or or performance or anything like that because gaming is more i think uh more of an experience uh versus uh films uh films go ahead i'd also argue that it's not just the personal experience of playing the game, the interactive experience. I, I, up until very semi-recently, uh, being a voice actor in games, being a writer in games was not a like a, a, a thing well-respected yeah. or a thing at all, really. Like, that was in the 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, people were, like, that was not a well-respected part of the game. Well, originally, people weren't even credited. They had to hide their credits yeah. in Easter eggs. You are super B right now and very hard to understand. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they, they had to hide their names just because, like, uh, it, especially in Japan, it wasn't a respected profession. You, like, straight up didn't want people to know that you worked well, on them. It, it's not just Japan. It's everywhere. Like, yeah. the idea of being a voice actor, being a writer for video games is a very it, recent thing. This I don't know anything about this, but isn't it also kind of arrogant in Japanese culture then? Back then, to put your name on it? I don't know. That's what I thought, but I can be completely wrong. That would make sense. Absolutely nothing. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm not really sure about the cultural context there for that, um, but it, it could be. I, I know that um, the the first like people that I knew whose names I knew that worked on games were like Sid Meier and stuff like that. You know, like on yeah, PC type, right? Or like, Tim I feel Schaefer. Like P- yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like PC games uh, had a little bit more like a little bit more like hey guess what we're allowed to be proud of this but yeah. if you if you're making games for you know making sega games then then uh you know well, you have to even, change your name i feel like it wasn't even pc games i feel like it wasn't until the mid 2000s when oh no, no 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 how about 90s. john romero john romero might be one of the first kind of rock star uh game developers he did Doom. If you guys oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Doom and, and Quake and, but then, and he would have pictures of himself in the ads but like, then, like, yeah but then he did Daikatana. Yeah. <laughs> I should play that game a lot just because I wanted to lie to myself and say, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I would say that um, there there are a few of those rock star, you know, uh, video game yeah. uh, types nowadays. Uh, Cliffy B and, and you know, the, the like who have kind of uh, taken. And as much as. Hate him. Todd Howard was. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's the people who 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 took uh, um, they took to the forefront of it. Where most of the people who are actually doing all the work are not the people who are out being the rock star of it. Yeah. Uh, and John Romero, like he was, you know, probably he's the earliest instance of of a rock star, you know, uh, uh, game designer that I can think of. 
And half of it was because I think a lot of people were so surprised he was so pretty. Um, the I remember a running joke in Penny Arcade was uh, 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 Gabe or or Tycho's uh, um, shrine to uh, uh, Romero, and uh, it, this was around the time that Daikatana was coming out, and then Daikatana came out, and everyone kind of forgot who, who he was. Actually, what's funny? It's funny that you bring him up because I haven't thought about him in fucking forever. And uh, someone, um, it, it popped up on my Facebook timeline, a photo of him and someone handing him a box of Doom 3 to sign. <laughs> and he signed, I didn't make this. John <laughs> <laughs> uh, haven't, have any of you played Doom Eternal? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I have not I want yet. to. It I is want to so outstanding. I, I played yeah. Doom 2016. I loved that. This improves on it in every conceivable way. Really? Yeah, really? I love it. I, I love that one too. It. I just haven't got Eternal yet. I just, I just finished downloading the first, the, the first new Doom. Yeah. It's <laughs> Doom 2016. It's such yeah. a good game. It's It'll so be, good. It's on my next my next game to play list after I finish Final Fantasy 7, which uh, is going to take forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doom Eternal is uh, one that I bought on Stadia. And uh, so I've been playing it uh, on that, and it's been great. It's been super good. On Stadia? Yeah. Can we discuss Stadia? Sure, of course. Sure. Okay. Uh, I don't have it, but what I do have (laughs) is a NVIDIA Shield. And I've had a NVIDIA Shield for three, four years now. Sure. Part of the NVIDIA Shield was their GeForce. Yeah, uh, GeForce Now. Uh, GeForce Now. But I, I remember trying that about three, four years ago, and it blew my mind because it was basically Netflix for games. Yeah. And it was like, why Why isn't everyone talking about this? This is huge. I could just, you don't have to download the games. You're getting better. So it seemed amazing to me, but it never went anywhere. And then when Stadia, they announced it, it it was like three years later, and like so basically Google's just getting on this GeForce Now thing. Uh, but with Google staying behind it, I thought it was going to be a lot bigger. But it sounds like in every way, it's not as good. It's yeah, well, I, definitely a beta. I, um, they're they're not. They have yet to deliver on a number of their promises, uh, and Google is not. Uh, experienced Google never delivers on promises. Sorry. <laughs> Google is not experienced in a uh, console launch. Because uh, that's essentially not what it is. on anything except for search engines. Google's product launches historically, we've been over this, Google's product launches historically have always been beta launches, uh, but they've declared them as such. Uh, Gmail started as an internal uh, thing that, like, uh, Google has an internal my time uh, where their developers are allowed to work on whatever passion projects they have. And if it's something that, like, Google has interest in, they essentially buy it from that person and uh, it becomes a core product. Google, uh, Gmail was in beta for, fuck me, in like 10 years before they're like, all right, let's get rid of the beta logo. Uh, And that's all Google knows how to do when it comes to product launches. They come up with an idea, they develop it into a usable place. But technically speaking, aside from any of their commercial ventures, they're all beta products. And uh, Stadia is, I think... I, I, I have a hard time thinking of anything else that is consumer-facing uh, money generator. 
something that they're intending to charge for that's consumer facing. Um, and their typical uh, beta launch free consumer thing uh, doesn't fit there because people are now paying for it. And so uh, but they're not they're they're doing it in the way that they know how, which is all beta launches. So they're not meeting people's expectations for the most part. I will Google say Google Glass. I will. That was never a consumer <laughs> product that was only ever available as a dev product. And then they never reached consumer market. You could pay fifteen hundred dollars for the dev product, but okay. they Not never put it out on the consumer market. Um, consumers could pay for it and did. But if you're paying for a dev product, you get what you pay for. You, you, you get exactly that. I bought a fucking dev kit, too, for for Rift because I was so excited for VR and it wasn't quite there. It was great, but it wasn't quite there. Um, the uh, I will say that I have thoroughly enjoyed the time that I've spent with Stadia under ideal conditions. Uh, now that they've opened up all or more handsets uh, so I can actually play it on my phone, it's worked great on my phone. It's worked great on my Chromecast that's wired to my network. Uh, I've gotten 4K HDR and zero load times on Doom Eternal. And it's great. It's, it, it is responsive and runs very, very well. But not everyone has like those, those conditions. Right. Does it seem like it's been improving since you got it? Yeah. They still they, they've yeah. regularly added the features that they did not have when it launched. It's, it, it's interesting to me, but I hardly even during that time played GeForce that much. So I, I yeah. just debated the stadia. So I only recently kind of became aware of GeForce now and, and it, now the game streaming thing is becoming more of an inevitability and less of a kitsch. And, um, I would say that given zero restrictions, GeForce now would be the winner and should be the winner. Because it is the most pro-consumer of any of the platforms out there. Stadia, you have to uh, rebuy any any game that you want to play on Stadia. You have to buy it on Stadia. And that's at full retail price. Each month, you do get uh, some pro perks if you're buying pro, if you're paying for pro. Uh, but otherwise, like none of the sales that you see on Steam translate over to Stadia. So you'll end up paying, you know, 60 bucks for a game that you can get for 30 on Steam. Um, and Project X Cloud is a subscription service that has some handpicked, you know, Microsoft you know, shows some games to make available on Project X Cloud. On GeForce Now, your Steam library is available. Yeah, that's nice. And just because of the openness of that, uh, fucking Bethesda pulled out. Um, Many people, since it actually went live, like proper live, uh, many uh, publishers have pulled their games from it because they're not getting new revenue from it and they consider it a new platform. It's kind of its problem, too, where it felt like they dropped it, GeForce Now, and then just... Uh, ignored it was when it first came out three years ago or so um, it, it came with about two pages of games 
being a G Club member. And they were decent games three years ago. Turn the GeForce on now, the same games are there, but only half of them. They've actually removed them because of the removing. Mm-hmm. So it's like they, they added absolutely nothing and did nothing with it over a few years. And I, I wonder why it stalled like that. Well, they they kind of like boosted the beta over the past uh, few months because it only went like full live uh, last month, I want to say. And once it went full live and it was out of that beta uh, process, that's when people started pulling their product. And it it drives me nuts because essentially you're opening up a Steam environment. Uh, you can just plain launch Steam on GeForce Now on your fucking cell phone and be like, I wonder if this game works. And it, it installs it when you click on a game in your steam library and tries to launch it and like that kind it's it's like having a virtual machine elsewhere uh which stadia is kind of trying to achieve and you know these other things are kind of trying to achieve in that like look your library is available and it's being rendered elsewhere but this is the only one where it's like no 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 your library that you've been building since fucking half-life 2 came out is available to you on this VM and it will render with a fucking RTX uh, video card, probably better than you can afford a video card that still to this day costs about a thousand fucking dollars and it will be delivered. It'll be streamed to you. So you don't have to invest, you know, $2,000 or more into a system every couple of years. It, it makes sense. It's the most consumer, pro-consumer platform, but because it's not getting more money for the publishers, it's totally going to fail, and it sucks. Well, uh, the uh, topless robot acronym of pronunciation list will begin once again. At <laughs> there was so many, so many. I was so bored. I was so bored for the last fifteen minutes. Okay. <laughs> Did we get too nerdy for you? Look, I'm sorry. Like this is a is a rant that I've been wanting to get off my chest for a really long time because GeForce you, Now you, to me is a clear winner. Yeah, you basically answered my question because I never obviously tried GeForce Now. It just seems way better. And yeah, still is. But like you said, it, neither of them seem like they're going to be. It's nice playing Steam games on your TV without having to hook things up. That's right. Plus, and, but. and I mean, you know, Steam had Steam Link, which allowed you to render everything on your personal desktop or your personal computer and stream it off to a TV. And that was nice and cool uh, for a while. But uh, it's what bridges the gap it, it between like it it is the GeForce Now thing where you've got hardware that's the top of the line hardware that's rendering stuff at the best visual fidelity that it can onto your TV. I can't, I mean, I, I'd still have to update my, my desktop. Like, you know, I can't run everything at max settings, you know, getting to play something at max settings because you paid for it and you're paying for a subscription to, like have some server farm render it for you is way better than having to update your computer hardware every couple of years. Hmm. Well, here's an unrelated, related, but unrelated question to all of you. Cause you're right. That got a little boring. 
Sorry, you might guys. want to make a little snip snip there. No, it all Honestly, stays in. It all stays in. It. it all stays in? All right. we're, we're used to Ryan getting boring for a little while. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm encouraging him, but I'm going to ask <laughs> yeah. you questions. Yeah. How so dare you? So you guys have uh, fiber internet out there in Arizona. Uh, in certain uh, places. No, do any of you, do any of you? I don't know. I, I have uh, I have complaint. very bad internet twenty a day because yet, I, I live in a monopoly whatever, zone. Oh, for whatever reason, Dan's the uh, least cubist looking person. <laughs> it's because he's not at home. <laughs> yeah, and also despite that, when I am at home, uh, it still actually works pretty oh. well until I decide to play a video game and then I drop out of the connection every five minutes. Yeah, dude, we were playing Risk of Rain 2, and he kept dropping. Yeah, it was it was bad. Uh, it was yeah. fun, but it was bad occasionally. I know, especially since I had to carry you guys so hard. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you, Dan? I'm in California, bro. Are you? Oh, I was wondering why he had... <laughs> A, yes, a, this is not a decoration that I have at my house. <laughs> I was wondering where that was. I'm like sitting there going through, like, I've been to your house. Where is this? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we're pretty much just holed up somewhere from my brother's 30th. So, cool. All right. What part of California? Uh, right now we are uh, we're at Oceanside. Um, the last couple of days we were in Ramona, um, up in this like big mansion thing that is it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's a business so they at 24 like every day of the year you can just rent it out and so uh yeah they're gonna be holed up somewhere that sounds yeah. nice well our, our initial plan was to go to the uh the, the stone beer garden because i've wanted to see that for years and uh you know obviously we couldn't do that so we just uh stayed inside and got really drunk and i'm gonna do that today too <laughs> you know i just thought of this as you said Something I've wanted to see since I got out to California, just some plan. I want to drive around Salton Sea. You guys know what that is? So I know. Colorado River, they... Salton Sea. The Salton Sea. They, uh, the Colorado River, they tried to irrigate fields, and they moved it, and it made this giant sea in the middle of California. And But it wasn't... Uh, it was getting fed water, but it wasn't going anywhere so it became really salty and almost toxic and the lake was giant oh so damn (laughs) (laughs) salty and toxic that is correct (laughs) (laughs) the lake was giant when it made and back in the 50s they started making it like another vegas they put little resorts around it and rich and famous people would go out there and it was a beautiful lake in California, but it started to get more and more toxic and more and more salty. And basically the whole area around it's become a ghost town. And people have kind of, yeah, people have made like all these weird structures around it. It's kind of this artsy installation uh, and it's desolated. So now seems like maybe the first, first perfect time for, me and my wife to make a little road trip around it. Yeah. Yeah, really. Smart. That's all, that's all Smart. I got. Salt and sea. Smart. Although I don't do it. Are you even allowed to do that now? I mean, I, well, I, I, mean, I don't know I don't what know. California's restrictions are. I ain't uh, going to tell the man on you. Arizona, <laughs> I, everything's been a suggestion. Uh, because Arizona, everyone says it. Like, our governor literally 
pretty much everything is an essential business. So just stay yeah, open or close uh, so, if you want uh, to. In Arizona, at least uh, under the first order of uh, the, and it, it wasn't, uh, it's not a shelter in place. It is a stay at home order. It, it basically, it was something that was like lighter wording. And it's because Arizona is more libertarian than than most uh, states. Um, and uh, so when that first order came through, the list of essential businesses included nail salons, hair salons, wow. golf tattoo courses, shops. tattoo wow. shops. They did finally close all of those things. Yes, yesterday. they did eventually. <laughs> When uh, everyone got mad. <laughs> yeah, because th- that was rightful anger. <laughs> yes. It was I think, I think uh, California, we closed a week earlier than everyone else. And yeah. We closed everything. California well, is one LA's, of the most progressive uh, states in the country. And I would expect them to see something like this and take it seriously. Although I have to say something that was funny is we suspected we might have some different uh getting through like the border checkpoint into california like we didn't know if they were going to allow us if it was i like, hey, wondered that too and it was so funny because uh surprise surprise uh i much like the rest of my family am very white i was going to say <laughs> still the wave of your and, white uh, uh checkpoint dude yes it was so fucking funny like we rolled up and rolled the window down literally laughed at us and- <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> he laughed at us okay i wonder <sighs> So I, I dated I dated a Hispanic girl, and she lived in California. So every time that I went and visited her, visited her, I never got pulled over. But me and her were both going into California every time. Wow, one hundred percent of the time gross. we would get pulled over. I also have a buddy who's Asian, and we <laughs> like we we go to California a lot because we like to go see concerts. And if I'm by my, again, if I'm by myself, it's fine. But if he's in the fucking passenger, guess who's getting pulled over? It's fucking us. It's, it's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Interesting. Yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. I went through the stop once when I was actually tour managing another band. It was a death metal band out of Greece. And they oh, all yeah. yeah. I might know. Septic flesh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep my opinions out of them. <laughs> no, don't worry. It's great. People tell me everything I like sucks all the time. So you're allowed to do that. Oh, yeah. it's, it's not about their music. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, but we went through the checkpoint. And, you know, Greek, they kind of definitely looked ethnic. And you're right. They pulled us all out, brought dogs in the van, looked through everything. Long thing. Took us like an hour. Then we went on. When I moved to California 10 months ago or so, I had a moving truck and a trailer with a car in it. We had house plants and all this stuff in it. And waved us on. Got the white wave, dude. Yeah. Yep. Weird. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah, part it, of the problem. It, it, it makes you feel gross, doesn't it? Like it really yeah, it like does. Yeah. It, it, it's it sucks. I actually feel really bad about it. <laughs> yeah. It does, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Uh I I so we have gotten to the end of the podcast. I feel oh, like, I, like that's done. I did now. hear the alarm go off a lot. 
Oh yeah, ago. it went off a while ago. <laughs> In um, the middle of your acronym rant. I uh, I uh, will leave us. We're we're going to do an ask Reddit. Uh, so, uh, occasionally, uh, we, uh, go to the subreddit, uh, ask Reddit and, uh, answer some random question, uh, from ask Reddit that, that seems interesting. And one of them is confusing to me and I think it would be great. Uh, or it could be absolutely terrible and all of us are just going to be super confused. Uh, the question is what inanimate object do you not get along with? Oh, that's a good question. Some part in the back of my mind feels like I have an answer to this. I'm just got an answer. It. Got an answer. All right, go for it. Go for it. Oh, sorry, we're not. We're all, um, right now, currently, uh, uh, to get to get a good heat flow in our door, my wife likes to keep our door open a bit at night. It's a nice little uh, flow in there. So this happened around Halloween, and we had this dragon skull that we had as a Halloween decoration. And my wife took it down and just put it at the door to hold it open a little bit as a doorstop in our room. Uh, now, every morning, if I get or in the middle of the night, if I have to go to the bathroom every morning, I step on that damn dragon skull every day. And every day I kick it, I'm like, ah! <laughs> I am not getting along with the plastic dragon skull used at the doorstop. I, I, I've got also a very personal... Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> it's my wife. <laughs> what happened? I have no idea. <laughs> that was beautiful. No, I, I've got to also very. Whose mic did that even come through? It, it was Kevin's wife. It was Kevin's. It was my wife yelling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That was amazing. Okay, so I, I, I bought a house a couple years back, and uh, I have not fixed this yet, but I got I have a, my, my shower is, uh, the, the, the door to get into has a bar that's around one inch taller than, or one inch shorter than my head. So I have to duck to get into my shower, and if I'm hungover, or if I'm just really just not awake, I bang my fucking head on this goddamn top of my shower every fucking morning and it hurts so bad especially when you're not awake so that's the one that i don't get along <laughs> with me it's door handles uh because all the ones in my house uh are like directly at waist level and so i catch them on my belt loops all the time that's the oh, worst yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh for me though less so lately um is uh uh, my car door um, when I like I've got nerdy lanyard on my on my keychain and if I just hop into my car and sit down and close the door it's going to close on the lanyard no matter what uh, and it's how uh, the first nerdy lanyard that I had uh, was like a, a Legend of Zelda like really cool pixelated thing it got fucking destroyed within a day of me buying it because I sat in my car and just slammed the door and the plastic bit, it had, it got broken immediately. Uh, so that, or, uh, bass strings when I'm out of practice because my fingers hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, the, the thing that comes to mind for me is, uh, 
it's it's the click track on my drum kit because oh. I go back and forth between running it through my amp or running it through headphones when I'm trying to practice really quiet. Um, so what will happen is the setting that I have to turn it on for it to go over the drum samples <laughs> through the amp is really loud. And it preserves that setting even if I have my headphones on. Ooh. And uh, every time I'll, like, I'll sit down and get ready, and it, it's just a button. You just click, and it starts whatever setting you had it on previously. <laughs> and yeah, like there, there was one time because I was just like I was out of it. I actually like fell off of my drum throne and threw my headphones while I was. Oh, I, I, if we're talking about gear, then XLR cables have a have a best of nomination for me. Then uh, <laughs> I, I swear they, they don't make them long enough ever. Uh, and and I'm always uh, I'm always getting them wrapped around my mic stand and and because uh, you guys have seen what I do for the most part. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it always gets. It always gets fucking twisted up and shit, and then I have to fucking find a way to spin it around while keeping my my, my mind on everything else. Pain in the ass. Uh, so so Kevin knows. Uh, Brooks uh, in his last band, uh, the Ganderers, uh, would uh, he had the classic grill mic, the Shure you know grill mic, uh, and uh, would uh, undress uh, and get involved in in the audience as the show nice. progressed. Nice. So, yeah, uh, when you're an active um, uh, front man, I would expect that cables in general are the enemy. I hate them, but I also love them because it, it, <laughs> they, they help me find my way back to the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, he Hansel's his, Hansel's and Gretel's his way back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for watching and or listening. Thank you so much, Kevin, for joining us on this episode of the Topless Robot Podcast. We'll see you next week. If you didn't hear that, he said, thank you for watching the podcast. <laughs> right now, are on our phones and with our phones full of live streamed exercise classes midday work calls and nightly family video calls there's no room for fraud calls thankfully at&t makes customer security a priority helping block those pesky calls it's not complicated at&t active armor 24 7 proactive network security and fraud call blocking to help stop threats at no extra charge compatible device slash service required visit at and slash active armor for details